Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, the keeper of the peace, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross and Randy Jowers. And boys, tonight is episode 24, and it is titled, this is a good one now, Who You With? Who You With? Who You With? Get Crump! Who You With? It's titled this because we're going to be talking to Cameron Crump, the Mississippi State track star. But before Cameron joins us, guys, fill me in on the weekend that was. Jim, how was the weekend, man? Oh, it was a little up and down, a little roller coaster ride out on the soccer field. You know your favorite place. Shout out to our man, Lawrence Dockery, we had on the show. I got to watch him in the middle of a uh, monsoon, have to referee a game. And so if you're going to lose a soccer game, or if your daughter's going to lose a soccer game, you at least watch your man look uncomfortable and get to clown him while he's out there. So, that was fun, but took a couple tough losses. Had a tie, Daniel. You know, your favorite part about soccer. But it's all good because Sunday came around and it was time for football. And the Saints took care of the Bucks, So, you know, I was riding high. And so, needless to say, it ended on a high note. Well, I got, I got plenty to talk about later on when we, when we get to NFL and the headlines. But before we do that, Randy, man, how was your weekend? It was great, man. We uh, had a little date night Saturday night. My favorite restaurant in Memphis, Folks Folly. The kind folks over there hooked us up right. Um, you know, my wife had a nice glass. You know, DB, she was impressed by your wine knowledge. Hey, I'm, and, uh, I know a little bit. Know a little Sunday, bit. Sunday, you got to get on Mellow's podcast. Sunday, uh, I dusted off my uh, old cornhole bags and came out of retirement uh, to play in my homie Justin Craven's first ACO tournament and uh, met some cool folks out there, got partnered up with a guy named Jarrett, uh, who at first I'm sure was like, golly, this guy's trash. But we pulled it together, came in second place, first loser. Uh, the guy hosting the tournament actually won it, so I think he cheated. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. But we were in the money. Uh, good cap off to the weekend. Uh, I watched a lot of football. Not going to talk about that because I'm, I was never happy with the Colts signing, and I'm even more unhappy now that I've seen it in action. Well, I mean, it's, for me, it, it was up and down. I mean, a couple teams played well. A couple teams did not. Uh, two teams won, two teams lost. But I will say this, Jim and I still got, got money riding high on them Celtics. So Yes, sir. They're – there is uh, a little bit of, of sunshine past the storms, and there's always this week coming up. So hopefully, you know, Cowboys, Bucks get themselves together. Hopefully the Lightning take care of business, and we'll be talking on a more positive note next week. But without further ado, gentlemen, let's bring in, with the best interview and podcast this week, Mississippi State track star, Mr. Cameron Crump. Cameron, my man, how we doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Y'all? We're good, man. We're good. Just thankful, man. Thankful and blessed to have you on the show, man. We heard, you know, a ton about you after doing a lot of research and getting a chance to talk to you a little bit. Like, we're, we're pumped for this interview. So, like, um, you know, I just want to jump right into it, dude. So, talk to me about your childhood. What was it like growing up? What was your family dynamic? Who did you live with? Mom, dad, brothers and sisters? Give us the whole rundown. <clears throat> I had a big, I got a big family, um, you know, 
my mom raised us, but my dad was always in the picture. They like best friends. So I had like best of both worlds. So it was a real good childhood. I had a lot of friends, you know, we played a lot of sports. I never played like little league, but played a lot of sports. So, so talk to me about those sports. What, what, what sports did you play? I really started with basketball because my dad was a basketball player, a real good basketball player. So we started with basketball. We had a basketball goal since I probably was like two or three. So I started with basketball. Um, running wise, well, my mom was a track runner. So it's something she always wanted to do. And like <laughs> she had us while she was in high school. So she never really got to, you know, run, run like she wanted it to. So, you know kind of fulfilled her dream I feel like hey that's you're gonna fulfill anyone's dream you got to fulfill mom's dream first so yeah um so let's let's break that down a little bit you you said you were a basketball guy so you started off with the round ball I I I picture like you with this like play school like plastic (laughs) basketball set or like this nerf hoop and you just sitting there just dunking on folks and nah, you know, I got an older brother, so it wasn't always like that. You know, the older brother got to be the best, got to push me down, and you know, <clears throat> that's that's probably why you started running track is so you could run away from him, right? Nah, well, he was he was faster than uh, than me for a long time, for a while, and you know, I got older. That was one of my my first dreams that to beat him in the tr- uh, a race. I always wanted to be him in a race. And when I did, it was all up for there. At what age was it that you finally were able to beat him in a race? Eighth grade. So I was about 13, 14. I got you. Daniel, ask them which one of them has got the cool middle name. Which one of y'all is Carvassier? Uh, <laughs> this is my older brother. This is your right. <laughs> yeah, this is him. What is your middle name? Just Cortez. Cortez. Man, I mean, that's a good middle name, but it- – yeah. Let's be honest. It ain't Kovacier. <laughs> but, man, so, Cameron, obvious, obviously, you know, you're playing all these sports. When when was it that you realized, man, I'm, I got some speed here. I'm fast. Like, well, when, you I were? Little, when I was little, I always ran. Like, like we always raced because I had a big family. as a lot of us. So, you know, family get-togethers, we running. And, and so I always thought I was fast. And, and me and uh, my older brother knew we were fast. And <clears throat> so when I got in seventh grade, you know, started playing like actual like sports, like really. And I was fast, the fast person in the school. So, you know, or in my grade at that time. So, I, I, I picture it like this, like you guys are on the playground and people are like, all right, yeah. we're going to run, we're going to run. Relay races and all right, we're gonna pick our teams and everybody's like pissed because they didn't pick Cameron or they didn't get the chance to pick first because Cameron was gonna get picked. Yeah, although I started like with basketball, I always been a football lover. Like I love football. Like that's my sport. Like it's one of my like my dad, my brother, my younger brother, like all of them basketball players. I love football with a passion. <clears throat> so what was it about football that you love so much? Well, I always been like the rough kid. I like to be outside, rolling in the grass, being in the dirt, like being rough. I like to tackle. I like to, you know, I was the rough kid. So you. So I like the football. 
I got you. And I you can talk, use my speed. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't see any sport that you've named where the speed isn't like a huge factor. So <laughs> speed kills. I uh, know. So so tell me about that. You when did you start running track? I started running track my seventh grade year. Um well, my brother really helped me start running track. Like, it's something I always wanted to do because my mama did did it. So he was uh, talking to a track coach, and she was asking him, did he want to run? He was like, I don't know. Uh, go ask my little brother. And she walked down to my classroom, brought me out of the um, the uh, the class and asked me, did I want to run? I was like, yeah, it's something I always thought about. She was like, you should come out and try out. And I thank Miss Carter for that because look how far it got me. So, so shout out to Miss Carter. Speaking of shout outs to oh, teachers, I man. knew it led to that. I knew it hey, led to that. Randy and I always got to shout out our kindergarten teacher, Miss Knight. So I, I, I'm assuming your teacher is much like her, like pushing you to be the best. You know, yeah. on the field, off the field, just just a good person. So yeah. shout out to our teachers. Shout out to Miss Knight. Shout out, Miss um, Knight. So, with the exception of your brother and your teacher, who were your other influences? You said mom had a track background, but was there anybody else, coach or, or anybody well, along uh, the way? Olympian Trail Kimmins used to run by my house. Like, we live right down the street from his mom. So, when he used to come back from like meets, now you see him run by a house. I'm like, I want to be like, I want to be Olympian. Like, there's something I, I always want to accomplish. And I used to see him running. And um, I always liked it, um, Usain Bolt, because, like, it's Usain Bolt. Like, nobody faster than that, man. So, Absolutely. So, so, was it an early age or was it later on when you realized you had something special where, like, maybe this could be something that carries you further? It was mid. Like, I got in seventh grade. And it was a lot of seniors on our track team. And, like, I was keeping up with them. And I'm like, hmm, I might actually be real, real fast. Because, I you know, in seventh grade, you're playing on the football field. Like, you're out running people. But you're just like, uh, it's probably just mediocre because, you know, I'm in seventh grade. But I got in seventh grade track. And I got to run with the high schoolers. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I, I got some speed. So I got eighth grade. And I won MVP for uh, – high school track and I'm like, oh, okay. It's something I like and some I could really go far in. You say it so nonchalant, like, oh, I won MVP, so then I just knew. So <laughs> you're talking I'm about high school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I never believed I was fast and nobody ever told me any otherwise. So <laughs> here we are. Um you talked about high school. What high school did you go to? I went to Strayhorn High School. Strayhorn. Old country. Shout out straight school home. in Mississippi. Shout out straight on. Shout out. You talk about a lot of running, a lot of speed. So tell us about some event. What events do you specialize in other than just being the fastest dude on the track? Um, right now, I hold a class record in a long jump in Mississippi. So that's my specialty right now, long jumping. You know, that, that's that's crazy. I never did that well at that either. But I coached a kid in basketball, coached for years, Brian Braswell. He ended up so athletic, so fast, and he ended up doing uh, pole vaulting, long jumping, yeah. all that stuff. Went to Christian Brothers, man. So the athleticism that you guys got to have doing any of that stuff it amazes me. 
Yeah, the best pole vaulters and the best jumpers are sprinters. So, the kid was so fast. And it was so crazy, though, because shout out to Brian. But, man, on the basketball court, it was like you had to harness that athleticism because he was like so – he was running so fast. And, man, the ball might be – Yeah, mm-hmm. man, he it, the ball. Right. Like, hey, you kind of need that. That's where we start with the ball. Yeah, being 6'2", you know, I got speed, but it take probably like two more steps. So, the basketball court wasn't long for me. Like, oh, <laughs> I take I, steps, I'm down there. No, you were jumping from one side to the other, right? <laughs> Yeah. So you said you hold the record. What is it? Uh, twenty-four ten. Twenty-four. Damn. Is that is that all? Oh, that's it. <laughs> I, I, let me go stretch real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> so break that down for me. You're doing the long jump. Did you know like that day? I'm finna set the record today. Well, my ninth grade year, I think I jumped twenty-three five. And I won state with that. And the next two years, I could not get over that. I I could not. It was like it was a mental block because it was like I was jumping by myself. And like it's hard to beat yourself. It's always hard to beat yourself. So you got to put more effort into it. So I got to my senior meet. And I'm like today feel a little you know a little different. It's hot out here. You're sweating, sticky. So I came into the meet second. Like. I never been sacking it up in long jump in all my four years of long jump. And I'm like, oh my God, somebody out jumping me? That's impossible. So <laughs> so I get to the meet and um we started jumping. I think I scratched on the first one. And then um the dude that beat me, he get a mark. I'm like, oh shoot. So I'm getting nervous. I'm like, I'm really getting nervous. Like I know what I can do. So I go at it, I jump 2310. I beat, I beat um, my record. And I was like, oh, man, here it goes. <laughs> so I jumped again, 24-5. And so that's a record in itself, 24-8. Beat that record, 24-10. So that's my record now. So I, it was it going. How long do you think it's going to stand? Forever? Uh, record's always made to be broke, so. Um, it says you, I, I, says the guy that beat it by like a foot and a half. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the records are always there to be broke. So I hope somebody beat it. Like, that'd be nice. I'm glad I got a record that somebody can beat. Like, you want to stay in them books as long as you can. Yeah, as sure. long as I can, though. I ain't saying like just go next year and just beat it because, you know, it's just what, three years, four years in the book. Just just let us know whose legs we got to break. We'll, we'll make sure that happens. We got that. Cam, I know. Give me 10 years. Give me till I'm 30. There you go. Look, I know you can't tell, but I, I'm look, I'm not a, I'm not a fitness model. You know what I'm saying? I know I look like it in this camera light, but we're going to talk about this. I was watching something the other day on Twitter, man, and it was a relay team. It was like Team USA. It was the girls. Yeah. And I swear to God, bro, I ain't never seen nothing. So they were sm- – it didn't look like the other team was walking, man. You on any relay teams? Yeah, I run I run on the four by four and uh occasionally run on the four by one team. Oh man. So what so position you kinda, do you run? I'm either I'm either second lead or last lead. And either one of those. Which one do you want to be? Race. Which one do I wanna be? You wanna be the finisher? I love fourth leg because you get the most adrenaline. You got the crowd. I'm talking about this when everybody getting hyped and I feed off adrenaline a lot. Like 
that one pushes me a lot of adrenaline. I'm an adrenaline junkie. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah I, I was too when I was young. But anyway, <laughs> so now it's a different type. So we talked about a lot of sports, you know, with track, long jump, all that. Yeah. Let's, I mean, you, you're a multiple sport athlete. So talk to us about a little bit more about that and how did track and all these other sports help you with basketball or football? Oh, well, you know, you start off with football in um, – at the beginning of the year in August. So, well, you go through summer training with football and, and that always got me stronger, like like mentally and physically. So they just rolled over to basketball and basketball, it made me more physical and basketball gets your, your steps quicker. You get quick on the court because you got a shorter distance to go. So it got me quicker. Why? So every year, every time I did football, basketball and then straight to track they always roll over to track and they always help me with my quickness and my strength when running like a 400 and have to finish so it helped a lot <laughs> being a like multiple sport athlete it feels funny not doing nothing in the summer without like in my first year oh i bet oh, so, what's that what's that recruiting process look like i mean i obviously played multiple sports so was that multiple yeah. sports you were getting recruited for yeah, I had some uh, offers for uh, football. You know, basketball always was just like I, I love playing basketball because it was just fun. It was just fun for me because I always been playing it since I was little. So it was just a fun sport. It wasn't something I always pursued to like just go far in, but it was just something I wanted to do. But I had little JUCO schools and and uh, football, and they always told me. Um, and they know me, like a lot of schools know me, and they uh, tell oh, me all the time, you get uh, <laughs> you get a D1 offer and anything, go with that, go oh, with that, go with it. Hey, we've had, some, we've had some community school guys on here that would say the same exact thing. Yeah, go with that. Don't, don't waste your time. Like, don't think, unless they suggest you go back and, like, do some years, don't go. If they want you, then go. So, look, my next question, Cameron, was going to be how did you get noticed, but it seems stupid now. You're setting records. You got the long – I mean, I don't want to ask you how you got noticed by these D1 schools because it's obvious, right? You were a star. You were breaking your own records. Yeah, um, I really became noticed my at the end of my 10th grade year, going into my 11th grade year. I think I won um, Gatorade Pair of the Year for Mississippi. And when track. I was doing my research, it said King Crump. That's what I saw. <laughs> and then my 12th grade year, I won it again. So I was a two-year Gatorade Player of the Year in the whole Mississippi, out of every A in in um, in Mississippi in schools. So, and then I won Sports Player, uh, Track Player of the Year for Mississippi, and that was a nice accomplishment too. You know, I'm 36 years old, and it took me this long to even get a resume. You got one. You're barely scratching the surface. That's <laughs> long, bro. So, oh, man, I couldn't even drink enough Gatorades <laughs> to be Gatorade anything of the year. <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, same. Uh, so, let's talk about it. You said you got D1 offer, but who were your top three schools? Before, before you decided where you were going to go, who were your top three targets? Well, I grew up an LSU fan. I always been an LSU fan. Oh boy, go Tigers! I, to, uh, <laughs> I love LSU. Um, <clears throat> I love. Uh, well, this is how I started liking Mississippi State. 
I went went to a game with one of my friends and heard the cowbells and it was just so amazing to me and I was like oh so I put that on my list I like Mississippi State feel a little homey you know I, I, I feel that and another school I, I, I say is Texas A&M because I like I like their track program I love their track program so that was like the three schools I, I, I love but LSU was football track they always got something up their sleeve with everything. So hold on. <laughs> one last question. I'm gonna pass you over to Jim. But I, the one thing that Jim and I went down for his bachelor party, we went to a Mississippi State yeah. LSU football game, and I've been to like two or three games in Mississippi State. And I'm gonna be real with you, man. The cowbells was like, oh my god, it it's was amazing. Like like, no, no, it was opposite for me. I was like, oh my god, they're uh, ever gonna really stop doing. But hey. I, I give you this. The atmosphere was great. Uh, it didn't turn out so good for Mississippi State uh, that time. And I've been down – I'm a big Tennessee fan, so I've been down there and seen them play down there. But, man, the Cowboys – I will give them this. They are relentless. More uh, bell. That's all I yeah. kept hearing. It was the first – that was the first – like, the first year I got here, you know, I'm an LSU. I like LSU. But then, you know, you be here for a while, and you just, it just – it just become home to you. So, when they play LSU, like – you going for like you like, mm. but yeah, you know, I got to go with the home team because you don't want to be. So I'll be. I don't know. That's that's interesting because look, I had no idea because I I mean I've watched you play football for four years yeah. in high school, but you know we never talked on a personal level. And the reason why it's funny is the the promotional picture I've been using for this episode is you running between two LSU you play, back stars. Yeah, and I, I had no it. clue. So you sitting there running against guys who are the <laughs> enemy, but also your team. <laughs> That's tough. I had no clue. And I'm sitting there using that. That makes it all the better. Hey, yeah, speaking of – um. You know, you mentioned Texas A&M, and I don't know how much you pay attention to other schools, and especially maybe possibly female. Have you have you heard of the hurdler, uh, Kennedy Smith? Uh, I've seen her a couple times. You know, yeah, we actually got her coming on in a, a couple weeks. So, well, you know, we've been trying we've been trying to mix mix it up, and uh, we really wanted yeah. to know about the track game, and so we wanted to get a male and a female perspective. So, since you happen to bring up Texas A&M, I wanted to see if maybe you knew her because she's going to be coming on talking about so we got you with the long jump we're going to find out what it's like for her to do them hurdles i watched them i watched some video you want to talk about the one thing i don't want to do in track and field them hurdles man i i can uh, see that going know, wrong real fast uh, it's, it, it goes wrong real fast you think you get over them huh. even as a jumper uh, uh, i don't want to do it it's uh, just even when you got to run and jump for that long just jumping by itself makes you windy now you got to put speed with jumping. Uh, see, so when they so when they asked you if you wanted to do hurdles, you was like, "No, nah, I'm good." No, nope, never. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's talk. Let's talk about college life. Uh, what was it like when you got to Mississippi State, man? Uh, the man first week. What was it like? First week, I walked a lot, <laughs> a lot. Like uh, my best friend go down here with me. He's he actually my roommate. And uh, my sister went down here, too, and I had Duck down here, uh, James Duck. And so I had to walk a lot of places and get familiar to, like, why, why I am. So my at the end of that first week, I'm telling you, my calves and feet were burnt. I was like, I haven't even been to practice yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, All right, so with that, when, when does track begin for y'all during the school year? Well, it's we got fall training, like – 
like like football has summer training, like we got fall training that goes into the season. Our season started in January and we started practicing this year. We started about August. August, mm, I can't tell you the exact date, but it's been like three weeks. So, so does everything with, you know, in light of what's going on with COVID and everything, I mean, are y'all, does it look like y'all going to be participating in having all y'all's events? Yeah. Um, well, Track is a low-risk sport when it comes to what they label it as because we can spread out and, you know, you got single people doing single events. And Especially if you leave them six feet behind, Cam. That's all you got to <laughs> do, right? Uh, one thing I got to say about that, all us jumping in the same sand. So this this kind of weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, hey, man, you know, we've been going with a little track for dummies. We're learning new stuff, man. Tell, ex- explain to us how this is uh, a meet is scored, how how it is that y'all, y'all, win, y'all win against these other colleges. So when it comes to track, you have a team. Uh, track is a – a team with individuals that score. So everybody could score and bring up one single like like score and that's how you beat other teams. So so you can go in, you got field, you got field events and you got track events. Field events got guys and girls like the track events do, you know. You got uh long jump, you got hammer throw, you got javelin, you got uh, triple jump. Are all events created equal? Yeah. You as far as scoring, like, is there yeah. any event that, caught, that counts it for just, more? If you just, you know, it's 10 points. Gotcha. It's, it's a gritty sport. Like, you can lose by milliseconds and millimeters and centimeters. And it's like, you gotta. So each of y'all individually in your section, you feel the pressure because, as you said, it's a team thing. But individually, you got to do your part in order for the team to win. For yes, sure. yes. Everybody got to do their part. And so oh. let me so let me ask you. So like, as a as a, as a team member, and uh, and you come out with that big score, like you know, it's 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 like not only a good feeling as an individual achievement, but yeah. it feels good because you know that you've contributed to your yeah, team. Yeah, contributed to the. Mm-hmm. It feels real good. And, like, a lot of people be like, you don't get mad when people don't perform. You can't get mad when people don't perform. You're on a college level. Everybody is, like, right there. So it's always going to be that other person that's going to be just a little bit better. So, you know, it's, it's gritty. That's why I called it. Yeah, it's intense. I'll tell you what, the la- <laughs> I'll tell you the, the last the, the last thing I actually watched in relation to track, and you talked about LSU, and I watched them LSU girls smoke uh, them. I forgot what, what uh, meter Sorry. relay it was, but th- them, two, yeah. them two girls, oh, my God. I mean, it wasn't even close. And I was like, that was booking. I was like, that ain't fair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you. Feel, I'm sure you're familiar. I think. I think their their women are better than their men, right? Yeah, down at LSU, I think. Uh, yeah, you can say that. If I if I give an opinion, I say that. But they got some some men that they got. They got some long jumpers and some. But they ain't beating you though, huh? Ooh, I can't say that. Right <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. Keep keep being humble. We'll stay. We'll stay the course. All right. <laughs> So let's talk about uh let's talk about uh school with academically. What are you studying? Well, I just changed my major. I'm a uh I'm a psychology. I changed from a, a bio major. 
So now I'm a psychology major, and I'm hoping to go to grad school so I can do sports psychology. Oh well, so, hey, hey, man, when this when this episode's uh, over, man, I need you to break me down. I got all sorts of issues, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> you ain't got that kind of time, Cam. <laughs> you don't want them problems. Uh, so I mean, is your is your course load heavy right now? Whereas a junior, this gonna be uh, my hardest year. So you know, the junior, you really getting everything set and. So, and so, how much of it is it, how much of it's in class and how much of it's online? Well, all of my classes are online right now. So, is that making it hard? Is that making it harder? It's it's harder to keep up with stuff. It's like, cause you got so much and like they send you so much, so it's hard to like keep up with stuff. But our sports advisors do a lot for us and they help us a lot. I got you. Well, I'll, I'll finish with this and then once again pass it to Randy. Um, you know, I know I read a lot and, and see that things are progressing and, you know, I asked you about your meets and everything. And so yeah. just from what you hear at Mississippi State, do you feel like things are going to start to normalize quicker or sooner than later? Well, right now, I feel like it's, it's, it's going to be a long process. It's stuff ain't really going to be normal for a while for like for me, like sports wise anyway. Because, like, uh, as athletes, we feed off of fans, as always. And, like, it's going to be a while for people could start come, coming back around and watching sports like that. Because, you know, we finna go into the fall and the winter and this when everybody gets sick and they really going to have real, real, real tight precautions then. And it's just not going to be the same for a while, in my opinion. Yeah, so you're right. I feel kind of the same way, Cameron, and it's been such an adjustment for all of us, but you seem to stay yeah. upbeat, right? I mean, that's all you can do. You got to laugh to keep from crying, right? It's one of them things. Always. Gotta We've never – yeah, none of us have ever dealt with anything like this, and I know at 20 years old I would have never been equipped to deal with it as well as you are, so shout out to you for that. I actually just turned 21. 21? Oh, oh snap. Whoa, We've been to pop some bubbly. World star. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Hey, yeah, so, I'm turning one on September third. So, hey, happy birthday, happy birthday. Thanks. So, uh, so you got it. You said you're gonna kind of talk. You kind of stole my thunder. I was gonna ask you a few questions about the after college life. So we're just gonna rehash <laughs> it a little bit. And uh, you're a junior, so you got this, you know, regular stuff. You got another what two years basically. Yeah. So what does grad school look like? I mean, we're talking like another four years, ten years. When are you gonna start making money, baby? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I still my dream to go to the Olympics and get sponsors and stuff. So I'm still looking at it, but I still got the degree to fall back on. So that's the most important <laughs> time will thing. tell. Time will tell. Hey, you keep putting in the work. I'm, we're gonna be rooting for you for sure. So that was actually my next question. We're talking more track. I mean, could you see yourself? Uh, the Olympics, if you know, if we even have Olympics, right? It's such yeah, a crazy time. Yeah, it's Olympic. Like this was an Olympic year. Now they're moving to another Olympic year, so it always hard on track athletes because that's like one of the big events in yeah. <laughs> in the Olympics. And that's when so, you get to shine, right? They like, all right, tracks the main stage. On the Olympic year, everybody trained to a T. Like training is so so hard on Olympic years because everybody want to be there. All Everybody wants to be in the Olympics. I don't care who you are. You want to be in the Olympics. So be there. Just to experience it. Well, let's just say that you become an Olympian. You win gold. 
Shout out to In Off the Bench Podcast for getting you the big great break, right? That's right. Hey, hey look, we're convinced if you come on this show. Yeah, we're convinced if you come on this show, you're going to make it to bigger and better things than you're already at. <laughs> so, yeah, one, I'll, one more question, and we're going to get you back to play, some, play a little fun game. But let's just say your career-wise, you talked about sports psychologist. I mean, how you see that looking? You want to like, stay in this area of the country? What's that going to look like for you? I always wanted to travel. Like I love, I love being a college athlete because you get to travel so much. Like, you get to go to different states. Being from Mississippi, I didn't leave Mississippi a lot. I did. I, I haven't left. The first time leaving the South was last year in indoor. I went to D- Detroit, and it was amazing. I was like, "Wow, I'm this far from home." Hey, let me ask you a question because I'm a guy that does travel a lot for my job. So, and everywhere that I go, everybody always is like, where are you from? You talk so slow. You got such a twang. I know they say that stuff to you, Cam. Oh, man. Even my, like, I got people that's on my team from Mississippi and they're like, what part of Mississippi are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, North Mississippi, you know, about 30 minutes from, um, you know. Yeah, you don't say Strayhorn because they don't know where yeah, that is. Yeah, you really don't. I have to say Sanatobia or something, or like I gotta say like forty-five minutes from Grenada or something. Something <laughs> they know, or from uh, Tunica. I'd be like, you know what a casino is? At? Yeah, because that's the thing, Randy. You know, we talk about travel. Memphis is like traveling for him where he out. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to tell you, you know, in South Haven, he's still like an hour out. But yeah, uh, man, I, I used to go to the games, and it was like that. That's what I was I was talking about when we were talking about before the show. It's like, man, y'all better win if I'm gonna travel all the way out there to the dicks and watch y'all play football. Bugs, mosquitoes everywhere. <laughs> they carry they carry you away. Mm-hmm. All right, so man, we've been having fun, man. Uh, you fun to talk to. So with that, we're gonna play a game, and I think you're gonna be ready for it. It's called this or that. And basically, I give you two options, and the only rule to the game is you can't say both and you can't say neither. So, you think you uh, can remember that? I got you. All right. So, we know you like football. So, what do you prefer, college or NFL? NFL. All right. Pizza or tacos? Oh, man. Pizza. All right. Would you prefer to text or do a phone call? Phone call. I'm horrible at this. All right. Would you rather go back in the past or would you rather fast forward to the future? Uh, as much as I say don't dwell in the past, but I like to go back in the past right now, like at this moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been back and forth on that question. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, it, it can go either way with it. All right, here's yeah. a fun one for you. Who do you dislike more, cold water or independence? Oh. <laughs> See, hey, them boys don't know nothing about that. They, 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 Tennessee. Boys, well, they um, I thought you, I thought you were gonna say cold water or warm water. I was like, <laughs> uh, well, you know, my mom and my granddad, he played football at cold water, and this really like, so I was saying independence. Um, all right, so this this will be the interesting one because Randy looks forward to the answer for this one. Would you rather have money or friends? Prince. I'm a social guy. Is anyone ever going to say money? Y'all all lie on this show. I'm Man. not lying. I'm a social person. Without without no friends, you just don't know. Tell him, Randy. Tell him, Randy. I'm great. I, I say it every time. 
these guys in the show, two of my best friends, I'm buying some new shit when I get rich. <laughs> well, most of my friends I've knew, known for plus 10 years. So Same. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Dang. Hey, Randy's all about that money. He's our financial guru, man. It, at least we know that up front. So, like – you know, we, New money, who this? Yeah, we're, oh, we're always we're always saving an extra friend spot just in case Randy says, "All right, I'm out, y'all." <laughs> Tesla stock's looking good today. <laughs> Look, hey, hey, Randy, I hope they ain't listening, but I bet you one of those two uh, female athlete guests coming up, I guarantee you, one of them says money. I'll bet on it right now. <laughs> they, hey, if they if they don't, they lie. <laughs> All right, so let's continue on. Uh, Kendrick Lamar or Drake? Drake. All right, would you rather be faster or stronger? Faster. I love speed. I, I figured that, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Some people won't be strong. All right, so I, I asked you a football question. Got to get you a basketball question. Kobe or LeBron? Kobe. I used to hate Kobe, but I love Kobe. Like, as I got older, I started understanding his game. Like, like, it takes an intellectual person to like Kobe. I'm glad you got there. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm actually with you, and Randy, Randy will speak for this. When he was playing, I hated him, but mostly because he was busting my team's ass. But when he was gone, I missed him because he was so good. He was so good. And Jim will tell you, I like that dude since forever. Sometimes the sports psychology of it will get you liking Kobe over anybody. Yeah. Hey, no doubt. Well, hey, and interestingly enough, while we're talking about guys he's liked from the beginning, it's going to lead to my final question. He has actually been a Jimmy Butler fan since day one. And so with that, my final question for you is who's going to win the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat or the Celtics? I'm a big D-Wade fan, so I'm going with the Heat. I love D-Wade. My boy. All right, well, let me, te- let me tell you. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, we hope you're wrong because me, me and Daniel, we, got, we just put a simple – $45 wager on it at the casino. And if they win, we're making 1300 So we Celtics all the way. Uh, Steve, my brother, like the Celtics. He like Jason Tatum. He like all them young dudes. And I love D-Wade. D- and I never turned – that was my first ever basketball team I liked was the Heat. So I don't switch on them like that. Give me Jimmy Buckets in a dark alley, baby. That's all I need. <laughs> right there, buddy. See, you like your dad, Randy. Shout out to Randy Sr. <laughs> oh, man. Cameron, dude, this was fun, but we're going to let you run and go do what college kids do, man. Hey, stay safe. Be COVID-free. Train hard. Run fast, man. If there's anything we can do for you along the way, please hit us up. Let us know, man. Thank y'all for having me. It was a great experience, y'all. Well, Appreciate get- you. Yeah, man, get prepared. We're going to bring you back and talk about that SEC championship and that road to the Olympics. It's coming for All right, that's Cameron Crump, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to go take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors when we come back. Welcome back to the End Off the Bench podcast. It's time for some headlines. Leading off tonight, we got the NBA. Jim, Western Conference is wrapping up. Talk to us about it. So, I remember me and you having a discussion, and we both said Denver ain't got a chance. And I thought that at every point until now because Denver came back from 3-1 on Utah, 
And then here they are in the same position, but then a stat came out. And, man, I'm, I'm a big numbers guy. And the Clippers went in this position, are 0 and 7. And they come from a franchise that's historically just has bad luck. So I look at the roster and I say, there's no way they can lose this game. But then I look at what Denver's been doing, and then I look at the numbers and I say, this shit really might happen. And so, I mean, if I was to bet, I would say the Clippers. But you know what? My heart is telling me Denver. Well, I think it's rather convenient and rather fitting that you didn't lead off with the Rockets and you went straight to, to, the, to the Nuggets. But I will, on your point, say it is interesting that the Clippers have let themselves get to this point. And I know that we, we had talked about this in the past that the, the pressure isn't on the Nuggets anymore. It's now on the Clippers because they were the favorite. And really, if you think about it, they were one of the favorites to win it all. And here they are in a must-win game, game seven, to put themselves even in a position to play the Lakers, who is just sitting back waiting. And they just finished off the Rockets in pretty good fashion. So I, I would be a little bit worried if, if I were the Clippers right now. Well, let me tell you something since – I didn't even know you wanted me to hit the other series. You know, a lot's going to be talked bad about the Rockets, but I think, and I think Randy, if I say this first, will agree. And he texted me about this, so if he doesn't say that, he's lying. It wasn't so much about the Rockets as as much as it was the Lakers because when they turned up their defense, sometimes it's little statistics. Like, so P.J. Tucker hitting three or four corner threes a game. How about it It wasn't – he wasn't hitting three or four corner threes. He didn't even shoot any corner threes because they didn't allow it. The way they were doubling and trapping Harden, they, they played it to where the Rockets couldn't even do what they do best at small ball defensively. And so, like, as much as you could try to pass blame on anybody on the Rockets, it really just has to go – to credit to the Lakers, and then the role players, that's what pissed me off. If you want to talk about what made me mad is watching, you know, Rondo and KCP and Morris, they went 19 for 31 from three in that last game, which was a, a record for the Lakers, which would be a record for most teams. That It doesn't matter what the Rockets do. You got a team defending you like that, and then they're going to shoot like that? It's a wrap. And so right now, looking at that other series – I thought the Clippers would be the sure favorite. We don't even know if they're going to be there. And if they do make it, the Lakers are the favorite in my mind. So now here we are. Rockets are out and now looking for a new head coach. Randy, who's the next head coach of the Rockets? I think they're gonna. it's going to be like a curveball. Right? I read a report about Sam Cassell. I think it's going to be a uh, one of those player coaches. But I will say this. I've never liked the construction of that team. I, I, I hate it. I don't think that it's a championship team. And it's, you know, we, a lot of people want to blame D'Antoni, but everything that I've read was that he kind of chose to exit, whether he was going to be asked out, we don't know. Uh, but the team that Daryl Morey built, I mean, was ball control, shoot a lot of threes. That's got to fall on him. Then, and it never made sense to me to bring in a ball-dominant guard in Russell Westbrook and I guess the, the theory is surround him with shooters, but the only team, and people say that the Warriors were, they live by the three, die by the three, but the Warriors did so much else that was good 
that it wasn't just led by the three. And they have two of the greatest shooters of all time. So I never liked the Rockets. A small ball. I said it all season long. It's a different game when you get in the playoffs. It's different when that length. You know, DB likes long. When they get on you and you're you're playing AD at your five, you cannot. Nobody on the Rockets can guard that. LeBron and we talk about role players, uh, and they hit some big shots. But LeBron and AD, if you look at their numbers, they're ridiculous. Respect your king. The guy proved once again why he's the greatest in the league right now, especially when Kevin Durant's not playing. And, and let me ask you, Randy, something that bothered me the whole series, and you can pick on any Rocket, I mean literally any Rocket, is there a reason why, whether it was Russ, Harden, Eric Gordon, House before he left, they actually would challenge LeBron one-on-one to the rack, and it never went well. And you would think, like, you know, you learn a lesson, right? And then in game five, I watch Eric Gordon – like literally almost call everybody out and try to take them one-on-one and got his shit sent. And I'm thinking, at what point do y'all learn? I mean, you're right. And I, I think a lot of what you saw too was that with the Lakers, and I said it after game one, they treating game ones like it's a preseason game. Like they're just feeling it out. And the game plan, the defensive game plan that they had on Harden, and I kept calling it out as we're in our group text, they're, they're trapping him at weird times like it was never the same trap every time and they were throwing if you can throw Kuzma and LeBron at two at a guy I don't care how talented he is he's gonna have to make the play and Harden you look at his numbers they weren't even bad um you know his, and, turn- and, his turnovers were to your point on the trap yeah he actually I mean. threw a lot of balls away yeah and they they literally didn't guard Russell Westbrook they let him just just do your thing um and he wasn't able to make shots but that's that's what I mean if the Rockets had had a knockdown shooter in that position, it's a different game because then you have to guard everybody. They knew they didn't have to. And when Eric Gordon's shots aren't falling and P.J. Tucker's having to, you know, come on the help side and worry about, you know, rotations, they, they just got the Rockets out of what they do. And I will never be a believer in playing small ball, um, not when you turn it up and the game slows down like that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, a, it's adjustments because, you know, I – I was quick to mention the game in the regular season where Russ scored 41 and Anthony Davis kept trying to come out and cover him. And to your point, they said, no, we're not doing that. You can have all the room in the world out there to shoot. I'm going to stand back. And if you want to come in the lane and challenge me, you can. And then it was, it was actually, I mean, pick your poison because he'd either shoot and miss or he actually would try to challenge AD or LeBron at the rack. And we saw how that, that went. I think he finally scored on LeBron last game. And I was like, yeah, finally. It only well, took I mean, me like 10 times. You look at the stats, Russ shot 25% from three, which, I mean, that's historically bad, right? But the Lakers just said, you know what? If this guy does get hot and make threes, we'll lose like that. But what we're not going to do is have Russ running up and down the court because that's not their game. And what you did see, you, what, what really dictated it and told me everything I needed to see wasn't Rondo hitting shots. It was Rondo dictating tempo from game three on. Like, he dictated the tempo, and he is a LeBron when LeBron's not on the floor. Like, he, he's so vocal, and he's calling stuff out, and he's got the biggest hands of any small dude I've ever seen but in my life. But it's funny because I got a text that I, you know, since you hammered me so hard a little bit earlier, I do have a text in game two where you said Rondo should just be taken off the I, floor. I said that, right. That's why I just said game three on because he was <laughs> trash in game two. <laughs> but in game was. three on, he started dictating the tempo. And, look, Caruso, to his credit, he played well in the series. Man, he did. He, he did. And that's what I'm saying. In the end, people want to point fingers to different Rockets players or the coach. And at the end of the day, 
it was just the Lakers were playing better in every phase, and that's all it is. So let's let's get back to the original question then, Jim, and I'll start with you. I'm going to give you three options. Which of the three options do you think happens for the Rockets? First option, they hire a female coach. Second option, they hire a college, a current college coach. Third option, they bring Billy Donovan back with, with Russ. All right, so, so Billy Donovan did not like coaching Russ, so cross that out. I think – the female thing would be great and the NBA would want it, but I'm not sold on the fact that they would pull the trigger on that. So if you're going to give me of the three options, it's college and Randy bail me out. There is a college coach that they mentioned that is a front runner and it is blanking me right now. Do you remember? Uh Uh, Well, move, move on and I will look it up. Who I think is going to get the job is Sam Cassell. Um, for he, he touches a lot. He obviously coaches under Doc Rivers for the Clippers. Um, he's a former Rocket. Player development. A lot of, he's got the respect of the players. He's got the, the most important thing here isn't the respect of you know, the whole team. It's, does he have James Harden's respect? Because that is James Harden's team. And if James Harden, James Harden signs off on it, Sam Cassell will be the next coach. So... Sam Cassell, where where has he been and what's his resume? Obviously, we know he's a player, but what what makes him be capable of being a head coach right now? Over over, let's put it this way: somebody like Jeff Van Gundy, who's been in the mix as well. You know, I I keep hearing what I don't like is the is the the coaching. I guess it's a good thing if you're a coach because once you're in, you're in, right? You can get a job forever and ever and ever. But I think Jeff Van Gundy, man, I, his basketball knowledge is out of this world. But he's been out of the game a long time, man. The last time that dude was a coach is a long time ago. We've been hearing his voice. But I just think that uh, Sam Cassell is player development. I mean, the, co- the guys that he's coaching on the Clippers, right, he's coaching some of the best. But up until this year, he didn't have PG and uh, Kawhi Leonard. So I think, like I said, he's a two-time – champion with the Houston Rockets as well so I think it just gives you a feel-good story all the way around and it's kind of going that way right we've seen guys with Steve Nash just getting the job and 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 Doc Rivers and you see it around the league I just think it fits what they're trying to do they will absolutely 100% change their whole focus if he becomes their coach though all right so here are the Vegas odds in order on best chances it is Ty Lue Sam Cancel, Nate McMillan, Van Gundy, or Becky Hammond. I think well, I to DB's credit, Becky Hammond was the name that everybody's going to kind of throw out there, and I think I can't wait until she does get a job. I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be this year, guys. I I, I seriously do. I think. But do you um, think? Would you want her of all people dealing with Russell Westbrook? I mean, that's my boy, and I'm going to be I honest. I think they're going to get rid of him. That nobody's taking, nobody's taking $44 million on, bro. So, they, that team is dead in the water. The, 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 big, like the, biggest, the biggest thing is I look at where we are in the East, and I know we're going to get that in a minute. But there were, it was down to three teams who were fight, that were fighting for him when he, he was coveted. And it was Miami, Detroit, and Houston. And I remember thinking Miami would be a cool destination, but I was like, Houston maybe has the best chance to win. 
and you look at where Miami is now, and I don't know that him and Butler could coexist. We're not even going to have that Hell discussion. Hell no. We're not going to have that discussion, but the point is I find myself thinking, man, I wish he was in Miami, not Houston. Yeah, I mean, That's it's – Tyler Hero in that spot, dog. Right, bro. He's just shooting the fire. Shooting the fire in clutch situations. Speaking of Tyler Hero in the Eastern Conference, your boys, the Miami Butlers – Randy are are, are going to be dogs, man. They are going to get after it. I mean, obviously, Jim and I have some allegiance to the Celtics because we got that cash money on them. But talk to me about this Eastern Conference Finals. Who you got? I got the Heat in seven. Uh, but I've been reading up a lot and prep for the show. Not one single analyst I've read so far is picking the Heat. And guess what I did? I went back and did a little research. You know how many of those same people picked the Heat against the Bucks? Zeros. What the Heat have? If you line up the rosters one by one, they're not going to out they're, – they're just not. On paper, they're not going to be the better team. Jimmy Butler's not going to be the best player on the court, according to the numbers. But And I say this all the time. I don't care. That's not the biggest driver for me. I want to know what they're doing to help me win games. And Jimmy Butler is a winner. Last year, look at look at the 76ers. They were one double bounce away from making the finals, the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But obviously, Kawhi hits the shot, and, you know, here we are, right? We, we're living legends of Kawhi, the claw. But Jimmy Butler's a winner. Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, the whole team. Spoh's a great coach. I think he should have probably got some more consideration for Coach of the Year. I've been uh, telling you all that. Yeah, hey, Pat Riley, the whole – the organization as a whole – I mean, it wasn't – obviously, you got you had D-Way, LeBron, and Bosh, but, like, the whole – it's a winning organization. Pat Riley's a winner all the way down. Give me heat. Matter of fact, give me heat in six, baby. So, which of those two teams, matchup-wise, is better, let's say, against the Lakers? The Lakers are sitting in a good spot right now. Let's say the Lakers take care of business with whoever it is uh, that wins tomorrow night. Does the Celtics provide a better matchup, or does the Heat? I think the Heat do because, of, like we talked about earlier, it's the defense. It's the link that they can provide. Obviously, Boston has um, some really great players, and, and you know they, you could name, go all the way down the list. And getting Gordon Hayward back is going to be a huge shot in the arm. But if you really look past it, when Gordon Hayward's not in the game, they're, they're not that deep. People talk about how deep they are, but if you look at the number, they're not. Uh, they rely a lot on Jason Tatum, and they rely a lot on Brown, and – they got some great players. Grant Williams, he did play great off the bench, but the Heat, man, I'm telling you, not one single dude. Jimmy Butler said it before the season. Nobody on this roster is afraid of anyone, and they don't care. They are not scared. Win, lose, or draw, they're going down swinging. Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of talk on this podcast, especially about teams that have nothing to lose, and they're, they're one of the teams that has absolutely nothing to lose. Like, they're playing – Probably they're probably having more fun than anybody, and the pressure's off because they're just going out there, being dogs, doing what they do. Um, you know, I, I will say this, Jim, and you could probably agree with me that we got to have the Celtics win, and it's going to be fun rooting for the Celtics against Randy, who will be rooting for the Miami Butlers. So, oh, I mean, it's legit now because Randy sent the most ridiculous, audacious text to me. I sent it to Jason Tatum. And man said Jason Tatum was a stat stuffer. 
anyway, not a dog. And so I'm actually predicting, since you, you ain't asked me yet, watch this shit. Celtics in five, and Jason Tatum's fixing to eat Jimmy Butler's lunch. Hey, so give me, I mean, give me a chance to go back on that for everybody that's listening. No, I screenshotted that shit and sent it to like five people. No, I screenshotted it to like five people. Especially because, you know, Jim screenshots the one thing. For everybody that wants context, and John Owens, I'm talking to you, you know better than anybody. Uh, what I said was, Jim, all you care about is a stat sheet, and I want dogs. I want to know what you're doing to help me win. I want efficiency. And the one game we're talking about, we say, oh, he had 34 to 11. He shot nine for 23, bro. That is not the game I'm talking about. Jalen Brown was kill. He was an efficient machine. Who had game. the rebound? That, who Marcus had the rebound? Smart. That was clutch. Who had the defensive play to win the series? It was Grant Williams. I don't. I want those dudes. I want the guy. Grant Williams also break both those free throws to I seal want the game. The guy, exactly what I'm talking about. All you care about is the stat sheet, and I care about winning plays. He should have hit the free throws, but he also made a defensive switch that won the game on Fred Van Vliet. So I want guys that are doing the little things to help me win, which is why Russell Westbrook, again, is going to be watching just like we are because the dude ain't a winner. Damn. Okay. It's like that. It's like that. Okay. We're getting fired up. So hey, let, hold, let's, on. Let's, hold on. Hold on. Let me ask you Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> You're a family man, first of all. So before I even go to sports, <clears throat> you've got a beautiful wife. He's got three young kids. So I got four kids. No, hold on. No, listen. No, listen, listen. So – a family as a family man, I'm gonna ask you question by question. Beautiful wife and three young kids. Is he winning? Yeah. Just answer the question. Okay, all right, stop there. All right. He's on the biggest contract in the NBA. He's rich as hell. Is he winning? Uh debatable. <laughs> he always be talking about money. He got the yeah. biggest contract. He make a forty four million no matter who he plays for next year. So winning So I Hold on, no, I'm not done yet. There's a lot of factors that go into Hold that. On, You're the first out. person that talks about anxiety and depression. Dak Prescott at the forefront of it right now. Probably going to get paid a huge salary. You think he considers himself winning? Maybe, well, the, re- maybe the reason that, that Westbrook might be feeling anxiety and depression is because people like Randy are posting memes of him on social media. Well, he needs he to call it on himself. He brings it on himself. He's he didn't cost it. He didn't. Player. He didn't cost them that series. But let me finish with this. He didn't help them. That's for damn sure. Go well, look at his plus minus. It was the worst on the team. Anyway, there's a lot of people that didn't help. Anyway, I'll end with this. So I brought up his money. I brought up his family. He's got an MVP, two scoring titles, two assist title, uh, having the most assist titles. He's got like ten All Stars. He's got three seasons of uh, triple doubles. The dude is a winner no matter what you want to say about him. People can call him Westbrook, whatever. The man's living a life that I'm envious of, so whatever. Well, I, man, I, I, I can agree with all of those things. Uh, even I can agree with people calling him Westbrook because I think that's his name. Who didn't call- <laughs> you called him Westbrook. That is his name. <laughs> no, hey, do you do you know? Look, my wife laughs. I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end with this on the on the Russell talk. I don't think there's more of a tongue twister. I don't think I've heard more announcers mess up even more than the Greek freak. They can't say Russell Westbrook. It's always Russell Westbrook. Like they run into the WW. I know you know what I'm talking about Randy. It's because they don't respect him, man. He's not respected. Oh, that's what it is. Not respected. They never mispronounce the Mamba's name. I'm just saying. Oh. Kobe, Kobe. You like you liked Crump's Kobe answer earlier. Y'all seen you get excited on the screen. Yeah, he got giddy. He 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 was happy about that. 
with with Kobe, we'll we'll leave NBA and and head into the NHL, and I'll give you guys a a quick little recap of the Lightning and the Islanders. The Islanders have one win and out of four games thus far, and the Lightning have dominated the others. Um, it took them um, a, a, a late charge in this last game, but you can definitely tell, like, the Lightning are, in my opinion, the better team. And I, I am very confident that they're going to close this game out tomorrow night. You'll see the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals. But, Jim, who will the Lightning be playing, Vegas or Dallas? Currently, Dallas is up three games to one, and I know you guys are, are Vegas fans all of a sudden. So does Vegas have it in them to, to, to make the comeback? All right, well, they're heading to overtime right now, tied 2-2. Oh, damn. That's, okay, maybe they do got a little something because they were down. And so there is hope, you know, you know, to transition NBA to NHL. You know, Denver gives gives me a little belief in Las Vegas, you know, the 3-1 thing. But, um, you know, Daniel, I'm not feeling it, man. And we had Connor on here. And Connor said Dallas was good, and he knows way more about hockey than me. And I tried to I tried to build this Las Vegas thing up, and I just have a feeling this is going to be just like the Rockets, man. I'm going down in flames. Randy, what do you think? You were you were a Vegas guy once y'all's team got put out. So does Vegas have a chance? Let me tell you something, man. Vegas always has a chance. Okay, Viva Las Vegas. They gonna they gonna pull this out, and then you're gonna be as sad as our boy Jim when Tampa Bay is getting the shit kicked out of them. And you're gonna be like, damn. <laughs> I mean, damn. So you're gonna be just like this. It's like that. It's like that. Did he do that to you? You know what? I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait for a couple weeks to go by, and I'm going to look on this podcast. I'm going to say, Randy, I want you to look dead in this camera, and I'm going to go, told you so. Yeah, told I, you so. Daniel, or Daniel, you know Randy's just messing with you. That boy's riding the lightning. That's fine. You I tried to tell him that last week, and then I tried to flip the script this week. I was Metallica. I wanted to stay on topic this week because you asked me a very direct question about Las Vegas. He's going to ride the last Randy week. was thinking more about the city, not the hockey team, bro. He's with the city. I'm with it. Right. I didn't even know they had a hockey team. Let me be real. <laughs> well, well, then let's, let's move on to something you do know. Major League Baseball. So give us an update on the cards and the NL. Where do we stand? Bro, it's a rough go, man. Oh, thank God they expanded the playoff field, and, you know, and we got eight teams because in this asterisk season, I mean, you know, we 500, that's the ball that we're playing. Uh, we might drop two, two below 500 after today. You know, they lose. And these close games are the ones they're not winning, man. They either kill somebody nine to nothing or lose five to three in extra innings or something. It's, it's – how many times, Randy, you checked the score this week and they were up like five to one and then you lost, saw they yeah. lost seven five? It, you know, and it's been plaguing them for the last several years, the bullpen, man. It's like for the longest time, every single dude that came out of the Cardinals bullpen was throwing gas 100 miles an hour and hitting the spots. And now, well, first of all, 100 miles an hour don't even mean shit in Major League Baseball anymore, but they're getting smoked, all of them. Yeah, they're 
from what I see, and I don't, I don't get to see a lot of just Cardinal games, but the games that I do watch right now, when teams are getting lit up, it's because it's not necessarily the velocity of the pitcher or the movement of the pitcher, but the balls are catching way too much of the plate. Like it, it, it could be a low pitch, but it stays across a lot of the plate. And these hitters are just too damn good for that to happen. Like you got to mix some stuff up. You got to hit spots. And with all the metrics that you can have in the world, it, it those things do nothing for a guy who can't locate pitches. So I think that's really what the Cardinals are struggling with right now is locating pitches because they're well, running into guys that can hit them. To your point, when your guys coming out of the bullpen all have an ERA of four and a half or higher, that's not a recipe for success. And, you know, that might just be the fact that you didn't have a whole lot of prep time going in, and now you had, what was it, two weeks where they had nothing, and now you're trying to get that groove, and and pitching is one of those things, especially if you're a bullpen guy. You just got to pitch. You know, and it's if you're not getting looks or you're doing seven inning, you know, doubles, like it's hard to get looks. But and shout out to our boy though, Adam Wainwright. Yeah, doing things, just doing things. So currently the NL standings, you got the Dodgers sitting where they usually sit on top. You got the Padres right there, the Cubs and sitting with the third best record, the Braves, the Marlins, the Phillies. My Phillies that I picked, man. Look at them making a comeback. Um, Phillies, Giants, Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, Rockies, Mets, uh, Nationals, Diamondbacks, and Pirates. Um, we still got a little bit to go. Um, I, I don't. I see a lot of teams filtering back, and I see a lot of teams that are right there, almost like the Western Conference four through seven. You know, just kind of one or two games, you know, could, could make a, a huge swing and a huge difference. So be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks because I think we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of signs leading to where the playoffs are going to land over the next two weeks. But, Jim, talk to me about the, the, the American League and that miserable pick of the, the Angels that you, you set firmly on at the beginning of the season. First of all, when I made the pick, I can give you the audio of you in the background agreeing with me. So not me though, not me. But before I do that in the American league, Daniel, man, how did you let this slip by last episode? I didn't know about it. And then I seen a clip this week. I was a week late. I must've been sleeping. How do you not talk to me about that Chapman 101 mile an hour fastball at your, at your boy from the Rays? You know, because coming from Chapman, it's something that you would you would expect. Like, I mean, that thing. Hey, if that I watched that replay over and over again. Thank, thank God. Like, literally, thank God that dude got his head. Mike, Michael Brosau, or however you say his name, he got his head out the way because it was ov if it hit him. Just notice that the Rays got their number. Like, they're all up in their head. Like, if you're yeah, throwing, he was almost all over his head. And that's good. That's right where we want them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. the I've said it before. The Rays feel so comfortable because there's no fans in the stands, just like normal. 
Yeah. Hey. Hey, we could have been we could have been the the X-rays this year, man. But in regards to the Yankees, man, so much so that you're talking about them, the Blue Jays have jumped them. So, I mean, the Yankees, to your point about the Cardinals, are lucky this thing is expanded, right? Because they're, they're in trouble. But the team that I want to talk about, man, the, the team that I grew up loving, you know, ironically, look, I still wear the hat because it's fresh. I got a White Sox hat on right now because it's red, white, and blue. But uh, the White Sox are – Red hot. I mean, red hot. And Jose Abreu is a top MVP candidate right now. And so, once again, going back to a conversation we had when we did these picks, I said the AL Central is going to be trash. And so, more so than I picked the Angels, you could you could hit me for that one more than any of them because you got three legit teams in there with the Twins and the Indians and the White Sox being the hottest team in baseball right now, other than maybe them and the Padres are basically on pace doing the same thing. And so, uh, man, shout out to, to the White Sox for what they're doing. And then, I mean, I said the A's would struggle out the gate, and they didn't. But I know the one thing that's got to make you happy is them Astros are now below 500. Yeah, I mean, karma's a bitch, man. Everybody's probably stoked about that. Um, especially the Dodgers, but you know, I, I have, I, I feel like the Dodgers are going to be right back in the mix, probably the favorite to win it all, but it's going to come down to just showing up and winning. But you know, Dave, and, let me ask you this in, in that West. And I already, I already know where Randy is. I don't even get to ask him, but I know he'll chime in. If it ain't the Cardinals, are you on the Padres train just because in the, in the national league? Um, yeah, I think if you're not going to, if your team is out of it, you want to watch some fun baseball. Those guys play some fun baseball. They have a good time doing it and they're not the, the, they're unorthodox. They don't play by the, the, the good old boy rules. So that's, that's kind of fun to watch and fun to keep up with. So yeah, I, I can dig the, the Padres a little bit. Randy, I already, I, I know, I know you all about them boys, ain't you? Fuck the unwritten rules. Give me triples up ten, ten to four, a hundred to four. Keep swinging, Big Daddy. Ten to nothing squeezes and Don't stolen care. bases anytime and. If hey. there's one thing I'll teach all my, ch- I don't care. If you don't like it, you better stop it. True enough. True enough. Well. Guys, that brings us to the the heart of the headlines, and that's the opening of NFL football. So we'll talk about, you know, just our thoughts for week one. Jim, we have, while we're we're finishing up game two tonight, the Broncos looks like they just scored. They're up seven to nothing on the Titans. But for the most part, week one for NFL is in the books. Give me your initial thoughts. All right, I'll just – I'll do a couple because I don't mean I don't want to steal everything from both you guys. Uh, obviously, I'll leave uh, the Colts and the and the Cowboys and whatnot. So, uh, I will talk about the Saints. Um, Saints defense, man, that's that's what stands out to me about them. Um, yeah, you're going to see how many points they score, but one of them was a pick six. Um, they were able to get pressure on Tom Brady. Um, they were able to shut down the run game. Um, as much as I love Leonard Fournette because he – came from LSU, 
Um, I know it's just one game, but, you know, Jacksonville letting him go and then watching him run, I ain't gonna lie, he, look, he looks like he ain't shit. And, uh, and so, shout out to the Saints defense. I mean, they, they put a plan together and they were able to get to Tom Brady. Breeze looked a little off, but I will, I will say that he did enough to get it done. And shout out to AK-41 getting two touchdowns after getting paid. Um, how about scoring 34 points, really almost 41, like half an inch, with Michael Thomas not being a factor at all? That's – I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a Saints game – he averages like 10 catches a game. I don't think I've ever seen him as a non-factor. Um, I mean, we, we, we texted when we thought that it was something wrong with Breeze, but maybe it was just something wrong with Thomas because you're right. That is – it's unorthodox for him to only have – one catch and for him to be blanked uh as like fantasy wise like that hurt me um but yeah it was it was awkward looking and seeing him be a non-factor so, so maybe so maybe so maybe breeze don't make thomas thomas makes breeze you know what i'm saying maybe, um, maybe. no um and so I, I just to pick a couple like i said i don't i want, I want to leave plenty for you guys um, I, I want to talk about Baltimore, not because of what Lamar Jackson and them did. Um, y'all remember draft night. I was super salty, super, super salty. I wanted Patrick Queen. I thought he was the real deal. The Ravens' defense is already good. And they picked him up. Um, he was the leading tackler for their team. Um, sack, force fumble. And then when you got an offense like that, so their defense improved. Their offense is that good. Um, I know it's just Cleveland, which I'm going to take a lot of heat for, even though it's just week one. God, that hurt. That, I was actually surprised y'all didn't text the shit out of me for that. Um, trash. <laughs> they look like absolute trash. I got nothing. And OBJ's dropping first downs. I got, I got nothing on that. But even though it's the Browns, the Ravens look like the team that is going to compete with the Chiefs and the AFC, undoubtedly. And then – um, the other game I wanted to pick was the Packers over the Vikings. Man, I was the first one to say the Packers were going to fall off. They overachieved last year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked as good as ever. Devontae Adams, you know, they didn't go get no weapons, right? They just they – le- they left him with Devontae Adams. Well, apparently that's all he needed. Um, and I did reap the, war- the rewards of that on Fantasy Daniel. Uh, but the Packers looked – damn good putting up 43 on the Vikings. And so, um, you know, I think I think that's something to mention. And then, um, you know, I did have one more thing. It's not a game. Man, um, DeAndre Swift's drop for Detroit. I don't have any ties to Detroit. I don't have any ties to DeAndre Swift. That, that shit physically pained me to watch that rookie drop that touchdown. Um, Alan Irvin would have caught it. Alan Irvin would have caught it. Alan Irvin probably watching that game saying I would have caught it. And, shout uh, out to Memphis on though catching yeah. the Bears. Yeah, Anthony Miller, that 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 throw and that catch was yeah, no, was nice. Mm. Shout out Mitchell Trubisky, man. Dude's been getting killed all off season. Hey, um, his first half was terrible. It's not it how was. you fin- it's not how you start. You, it's how you finish, though, bro. You play to win the game. But yeah, right. now with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna let y'all dissect the rest of the games. But yeah, I, I would be remiss if I didn't. I'll, I'll watch that literally. Like I said, I got no ties. I, I got no money in that game. I had no fantasy players in that game. And I watched him drop that ball. Man, my heart sank. I was like, man, it's a rookie in his first game. 
God, I hated it for him. You know, for me, I I was, you know, this the same feeling I had when baseball started um, and when college football started was I was just leery on what the product would be. But after, I don't know, about 10 or 15 minutes, football is great in the sense that, like, you on TV, you don't – it doesn't really matter who's in the stands. Uh, unlike baseball where you get a, a view of the stands, like, a majority of the time um, because you get that view from the pitcher to the catcher. But in football, you open up the, the lens and you see all the field and you don't see fans. And, like, I, I felt like a, a, an average Sunday. It was nice to have fantasy and nice to have guys to, to look for. It was nice to have that red zone for free. Hey, so, Daniel, you go to, you go to Tampa Bay Bucks games a lot, right? I mean, I, I did when when we could go. Right. Did you happen to see Cam Jordan's post-game press conference? No, I ain't watching that punks. Okay, well, conference. you know, he was asked what it was like to play with no fans in the stands, and he said it was just like playing in Tampa. Well, yeah. good for him. Good for him. That's, that's what that I shit's funny no matter whether you want to admit it or not. That shit's funny. I bet Randy laughed when he read it. I mean, there's fans – Every year I've been, there's been fans in those stands. So, it, it ain't – is it the Superdome? Absolutely not. There's not many – there's – it's but you hard got a pirate ship. I'm jealous. Well, come on, because we have all this saved-up cannon blast that we haven't used when we scored. So, you know, we, we got plenty to shoot off. So, but, Randy, what were your initial thoughts for, for the first week? Um, you know, similar to what you were saying, rather than diving into specific performances, it was really just the sense of, of normalcy, right? It was kind of like laying on the couch and just soaking in all the games, right? Starting at noon, really starting at 10, watching some pregame at noon. It just felt normal, you know, to kind of just relax and, and watch NFL football. It was it was a great feeling. And then I'm like you, I saw a lot of um, good football. Like, you don't know what you're going to see. Number one for me, um, not that I ever watched preseason because I don't care about that, but those guys have a whole preseason, which is almost like a mini season to kind of get their bearings, whether it's a quarter or two. And I didn't really have any surprises that, I, you know, um, I, everything kind of went according to script. I think That can't be true. That can't be true. Oh, no. I've been saying to anybody that would actually listen to me that I'm not on board with the Phillip Rivers thing. But uh, you didn't think the Jaguars – he will lose you games and where that's the difference between him and Jacoby Brissett is that Jacoby is not going to go win you a game, but he's not going to lose you a game uh, like Phillip Rivers is. And what I really, to back to my further point, what I cannot stand about Phillip Rivers is if you go look at his stats, he'll throw you for 400 yards a game, a couple of touchdowns, but I don't give a shit about that. I want, what are the plays you're making to help me win the game? And he makes more to help you lose. So, I mean, I think he'll get better. The one thing that surprised me the most about the Colts that I, that is disheartening was the offensive line. They did not run the ball at all, uh, obviously. And now Marlon Mack, I was a huge Marlon Mack fan, um, way over Jonathan Taylor. And um, it looked like Naheem Hines is going to be carrying the rock, but it looks like JT is going to get in there. But the offensive line looked like shit, man. And if you can't block, run block, and you can't protect an old-ass quarterback, it's going to be a long season. All right, so let's let's talk about – 
weekly winners uh, and we can we can dive into players or teams you know i'll i'll lead it off man my weekly winner got one team and one player team seattle seahawks just doing what russell wilson does and just showing like i think from top to bottom the seahawks from coaching all the way down the players they they got it like that that is a team that you have high expectations for and they go out and they do what they're supposed to do um and my player is, and we talked about it, is how, how he was going to do as a rookie, and that's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came in, and he didn't – I don't think he did anything grand, but he, he did way better than I think anticipated and gave his, gave his team a chance to win the game, uh, made good throws, and, and had a decent day for a rookie quarterback stepping in for a, a yeah, pretty that, bad team. We had that game on Daniel, and, you know, my wife is watching actually that game more than the Saints game, and she said to me, and, she, you know, she doesn't understand the concept of a, fir- of a first pick in a draft and what kind of team they're going to. She said, he's getting hit every single play. And I said, when you go to the – when you're the first pick in the draft, you're usually going to a team that ain't very good, and they probably don't block very well. Yep. So, Randy, who's your weekly winners? The Kansas City Chiefs, man. I mean, they already – the rich get richer. Uh, Clyde, I know the big LSU pick, uh, he was the only running back to go for 100 yards, uh, not counting the games tonight. Derrick Henry might do it, but Zeke didn't do it. None of the guys you normally talk about, they were right there at it, but the rich getting richer. Obviously, Patty Mahomes is a world beater. Like, you know, we, we, we want to say the Ravens are going to compete with them, but, man, they just look so good. And the defense is – they don't even – they just got to be okay, right? Yeah. Another yeah. winner and for my fantasy team. If you, you, if, you take, if you take mine, I swear to God. The Russell Wilson fantasy okay. and boy, Jim, you're talking a lot tonight, bro. Calm down. Russell Wilson, that dude – I've been the biggest critic in the world of that dude. But I watched him, and it was the, they talked about it a lot on the post, the pregame. The, the, what was it? Let's, let Russ cook. Pete Carroll finally did it. Let that man air it out, and he did, and he's a winner, a freaking winner. Jim, was, was, that, was that your weekly winner? No, but I don't want to talk now because I talk too much, clearly. Well, go ahead. You, you, uh, I, think Randy, I think Randy will be impressed with mine once I say it. <clears throat> mine is the Arizona Cardinals and won DeAndre Hopkins with 14 catches and 151 yards. And to tie that, I have to say the biggest loser would have to be Houston because they were dumb enough to fucking trade him away. Oh, don't, forget about the guy that was, don't forget about the guy that was throwing him them passes, though. Oh, well, no, but, I mean, you didn't say pick a bunch of players, but the, uh, just Hopkins go into a team. I, you know, he probably enjoyed that Thursday, and then he got to win Sunday against the, the defending NFC champions in San Francisco, and, yes, Kyler Murray reaped the the benefits of getting that guy. And so, shout-out to them to go in there into San Francisco, crowd or not, and beat them. So, let's flip the script. Who were, who was your weekly losers then, Jim? Ooh. And I got a, I got a lot to – no, I it's, got a lot to, to I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to steal I'm fixing to steal Daniels probably then because it's his division. It's gotta be the Eagles. God it's got to be the Eagles. Washington don't even have a name or mascot. Uh, I don't even 
Dude, if you if you if it wasn't for a Memphis running back being the running back, I wouldn't be able to tell you an offensive player other than Haskins. And yet they put up twenty seven and beat Philadelphia, who is supposed to be competing for the division with Dallas. So my loser's gotta be Washington. And and if you want to give me player, I'll go ahead and throw an LSU guy out there. I told you about it a minute ago when I saw him about the Browns. I watched OBJ suck. I mean, I think we've been doing that for a couple of years now. I mean, it's just, it's like a rinse and repeat, and you're going to hear me say that a lot here in the next couple minutes. Randy, who was your weekly losers? Weekly loser before uh, Jim actually took it. It was the Houston Texans, namely Bill O'Brien, uh, and I really liked how he tried to run and run and run and run down multiple scores just to prove his point. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I really wish he'd have stayed off Twitter and not even brought it up because the silence would have been king because he went out there and let us play, do the talking. Uh, but I understand, you know, you get a little salty. Uh, the Texans, Bill O'Brien sucks, and somehow or another he keeps getting worse at his job, and rather than losing it, they keep promoting him. Now he's the, head, he's the GM, he's the coach, he's everything, and he traded away what I think is one of the top three receivers in the game. I, I think he could be best. He's the one guy I told you, if you said he was better than Michael Thomas, I wouldn't argue you. Give me – especially, I watched him again Sunday – Give me Julio Jones for all the money. Yeah, he he had he had a great day. Um, so can I can I have a few minutes here, guys? I just I just need. Bro, a, you can a, have a whole a, hour. A few minutes, and I don't want to take a whole hour because I'll be depressed going going to bed tonight. All right, so let let me let me address the the Philadelphia uh, stance there, Jim. I agree with you in the fact that you're up 17 points, I believe it was, and then give it away. But I will say in Washington's defense, they have good coaching. So you got Ron Rivera, who it's not like he's not a winner. He's proven he can win at the highest level. You got Jack Del Rio, who, I mean, has proven he could win at the highest level as well. So Coaching helps Washington get back in the game, make adjustments at halftime, and, and put them there. So I'm not going to fault Philly too much because it's they were probably out coached. Daniel, did you um, hear about what Robert Rivera had at halftime? No. That was actually an interesting story, and I would have not even thought about it had you not brought him up. He took cancer treatment during halftime. That is the realest shit I've ever heard. Hey, he's a boss, bro. He is a boss. Uh, how could you not root for someone like that? He – stepped into the the nonsense that is the Washington football team and hasn't complained about it, hasn't – he just put his nose to the ground and just kept grinding, and, and now they're one and know. They're leading the division. How about that? So, <laughs> let me move on to the Bucks, And I'm going to save the Cowboys for last. So, the Bucks are a weekly loser. They put all this money, all this time, all this investment, all this promotion into what is known as a rinse and repeat. And the reason it's a rinse and repeat is because it, it no longer can you say, oh, Jameis lost you the game. Like, Tom Brady lost the game. Like, that. that's 100% on him and on no one else. Like, he has to do better. Um, his passes weren't crisp, passes were a little off. I mean, players, if you're the guy that's making the money and you're the, the, 
the face that runs the place, and you got to bring those guys together and have them ready to play more so than what they were uh, yes yesterday. Um, and I think a lot of that is is they Bruce Arians decides to keep Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. And you see the same play calling, the same style, the same vanilla shit that you saw with Jameis. And you expect a different outcome, and it's not. So when we have these conversations about, you know, the greatest of all time, like, fucking coaching matters. It just does. Um, So that leads me into the Cowboys. Um, Extremely disappointed in the showing last night. And no, Jim, like the first thing I'm I'm not going to tell you is that it was referees or anything because I, I don't believe it, it was. It was the same problem the Bucks have, the Cowboys have. Fucking Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator who shouldn't be the offensive coordinator. But yeah, here we are doing the same vanilla shit, the same dumb shit that we, we've been doing the past few seasons and at some point something has to change because you you can't say you got the best players and the best offensive line and a better defense and then this is this is what happens because in my opinion the Rams are not a better team not talent wise I don't think they're a better team I think they're probably right now better coached um and that that's that in and of itself is the biggest issue with Dallas so far is that the coaches haven't been what they've needed to be. So I'm gonna slowly step off my soapbox and 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 just tell you guys, I I'm not giving up, but if I continue to see the same pattern and same trends that have been expressed by the those two teams in the next couple weeks it's going to be an eight and eight season and they'll be lucky to make the playoffs well usually you're the voice of optimism but i'm gonna be it because i don't see either the teams doing anything but getting better specifically tampa because i mean that's their first game and Tom Brady hasn't been working with those guys. You know, they're talking about him and him and Mike Evans getting on the same page. Um, and then Dallas, man, um, I mean, St. Louis isn't a bad team, and that could have went either way. And so before you get too defeated after week one, they're both going to be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, somebody who doesn't like either of them, they're both going to be fine. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna play their next games at home, and the crowd's just gonna be there to pump them up, and they're just gonna be ready to just <laughs> charge the field. And like, I, I, I agree. Um, I think they'll be fine. And but is fine a five hundred team, or is fine a ten or eleven win team? Like, there's a huge difference there. And what do you fine, think, Randy? I think that five hundred wins that sorry ass division. But that's the thing, like, it, I think that's part of the problem. If if they win the division at, at 500 football, it makes it okay. And that, I agree. To me, to me, that's not okay. Like, you're, it's, it's just not. 
I think the biggest thing that I saw, and obviously I'm not a Cowboys fan at all, the opposite, but what I saw was it looked no different. If I didn't see Mike McCarthy's fat ass on the sidelines, I would have thought Jason Garrett was still standing over there clapping his little ass off. It looked exactly the same. When you got a guy, you know, and of course now they're going to, everybody's calling for the backup. It's the most, you know, obviously that's the biggest fan in the game, the backup quarterback. Andy Dalton is not going to save that team. No, not. absolutely not. He's not, he's not a, a, you know, I mean, I don't know why Dak can, that team can win 11, 12 games with Dak if they open it up. You got one of the best running backs in the game. What I cannot understand about the Cowboys, and you and I have had this conversation, what the fuck is wrong with their linebackers? They cannot stay healthy to save their life. I mean, I they got old-ass Sean Lee, who is – he might as well be, like, the AARP spokesman. And, <laughs> you know, Van Der Esch, he – it's like, here we go again. Man. He's probably got a broken collarbone, which will put him out probably the season, you know. But, they cannot stay healthy, man. And, and that's the thing. And and the defensive line's good. Like, they're fine. But your your linebacking core is what has been a a questionable part of your whole defense. for, And, and it has nothing to do with talent. It's all on health. Hey, health. One, one quick thing. And, and I know that this, you know, I think you can appreciate this even on the other side. Uh, one thing that has been said about the Cowboys for the last several years is how good their offensive line is. I think they got some big problems, especially on the right side. But Aaron Donald can make a lot of people look pedestrian. Bad. And, my God, he bullied them boys bad, bad last night. Yeah, and, I mean, that that's when I told you guys, I think I texted you, like, if you're going to get that kind of pressure – from him put Zeke out in the flat let him get a running start like if he can get behind linebackers like he's going to get 10 12 yards and he's athletic enough to make plays and and probably break a big one nobody will stop that and so on the flip side since you brought up Aaron Donald Randy and regardless of his flop towards the end of the game Ramsey's a beast I mean that's why I mean, I threw St. Louis as my last wild card in team in. I mean, I think that's the that's the reason why I tell Daniel. I mean, it's week one, but I think St. Louis is a lot better than people want to or say St. Louis. LA is a lot better than people want to say. I, I think I actually called that out. I, I look Sean McVay. I'm gonna get his name right this time. I love that dude <laughs> as a coach. No, nah, you called Atlanta for your last team, bro. I'm gonna never forget no, that, that shit. I'm out on Atlanta. Fuck Matt Ryan. <laughs> so who we're, we're kind of moving into this next area. So who are the teams to beat? Jim, I'll start with you. Who who's the team to beat in the NFC? I mean, just after week one? Yeah. I mean, the team that looked the best is the team, I think Randy said it, Seattle. Um, it's crazy, right? I didn't know Russell Wilson. I thought he had like been finishing like third in MVP voting. I never know he's never even got an MVP vote. Um, that's just absurd. And they got better in the offseason, um, clearly. And they got my boy, uh, the press out there at safety. So, I mean, right now, if I'm just picking week one, but I mean, obviously, the Packers, like I said, they look just as good as they did. And then the Saints. So, I mean, if you, I'm gonna go with those three, but I'm gonna say just 
if I have to pick one, I'm going to say Seattle looked the best. So who, who would have thought that the NFC West could have been the most competitive and toughest division in football? I mean, Arizona looked look good. Seattle looked good. I mean, the, the Rams looked look good. The 49ers lost, but, I mean, it, can you count them out? They just went to the Super Bowl. That and they though, lost like, to an NFC West team, so somebody had right, to lose. Correct. So I don't know. It'll be it it'll be a, a dogfight. If if I had to pick a team to beat, I, I I think it's Seattle, man. Like they're top to bottom, coaching all the way to players. They they get it done. NFC, Randy, who's the team to beat after Week One? Obviously, I'm kind of on the same train. I think the Seahawks because you're led by. Uh, odds on MVP favorite, you know, and they got a defense. And like you said, the coach, what the biggest thing and that everybody talked about when Pete Carroll came into the league and obviously he squashed all this was can that college rah-rah style work in the NFL? And those guys love, love, love playing for Pete Carroll. Uh, even Marshawn Lynch, you know, they had their issues, but like dude just gets it done, gets people to believe in him. And he's done it with different quarterbacks, different defenders. I mean, you got to think they got rid of Richard Sherman. Everybody, oh, they're out. They got rid of Earl Thomas. Oh, they're out. No, they just keep winning. Yeah, I mean, it, I've never heard anybody badmouth Pete Carroll or even say anything more than or anything less than he was awesome to play for. I love playing for Pete Carroll. Like he, like like you said, he. Re- I think he relates to the players, and he's probably. When I look at him and, like, how he communicates with the players, it seems like he's more personable and he can be on their level better than, like, I don't see Mike McCarthy and Ezekiel Elliott getting on that level. I, I just don't. Like, um, Mike McCarthy going to be getting on there with the offensive linemen. He gets on their level. Yeah. <laughs> the at the buffet level. <laughs> Shit. So, with the AFC, I mean I, – I, it's got to be Jacksonville, right? <laughs> oh, man. Damn, I'm, I'm saving that actually for later. Um, but if we're asking the team to beat, the two that were the that everybody thought were the two teams to beat last year were the Chiefs and the Ravens. But give me the Chiefs all day long, reigning MVP, $500 million man, Patrick Mahomes. And we talked about it earlier. Uh, Clyde, uh, dude. The, the rich get richer. They got speed all over the field, offense and defense. Uh, Andy Reid fogging up his whole face mask. G- <laughs> g- give me the Chiefs. He's thinking about the IHOP smash. That I mean, get, give me all the money on the Chiefs. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I, I initially said Baltimore. Um, I just think with what the expectations were for Cleveland – from Jim, I thought, well, Baltimore had a, a stellar day, and Lamar Jackson came out and he proved like I don't think he proved people wrong, but I think a lot of people think that his best year last year wasn't going to be matched this year. But I mean, all signs indicate that he's going to have a as good of of if not better year. Uh, Jim, what about you, AFC? Who after week one, who's the team to beat? Uh, I mean, just to stick to form with y'all, I'm obviously going to say the Chiefs. And 
they talked about it during the game, right? So we we talked about Clyde, right? And then they were hitting Sammy Watkins. They didn't even really use up Tyree hit Tyree Hill. They didn't use it Hardeman. Like each game, they're just going to be able to pick their matchups and figure out where they're going to burn you, right? This particular game, they went with Clyde, right? And it's not always going to be like that. But to have so many weapons as an option, and then defensively, I mean, because we do talk about Hopkins left the Texans, but I mean, Deshaun Watson, I still think, my personal opinion, is a great quarterback, and he didn't have any time. They were all over him. And, uh, of course, my favorite play was where the honey badger came on the blitz and absolutely lit him up, and the ball went up in the air and got picked off. But uh, on the Ravens, Daniel, you know who I'm surprised you didn't bring up, man? J.K. Dobbins. Got him a couple scores as a rookie, man. Got a shout-out. You got a shout-out your boy. Um, and that – and that – and that just like – the reason I wanted to bring that up is like Clyde was a luxury pickup for a team that was already good. And so the rich got richer with the Ravens and um, with the uh, Chiefs. And they, you know, obviously we've talked about Patrick Queen. So I don't see how we can talk about any teams but them two. I want Buffalo to be talked about, but they look pretty pedestrian against a Jets team that's sorry. I agree. The quarterback position, man. I just, I think dude's going to put up numbers, but I don't think he's there yet, Mr. Allen. Well, guys, that was, that was a lot, a lot to digest. So let's let's move into the last call. What what did we miss, Jim? What did we miss? Oh man, um, I hate to do this, guys. Please don't kick me off the show after we do this. But um, man, I knew I should have led with Randy. All right, let Randy go then. Let Randy go. Randy, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Those, I want to follow this. Cubs no hitter, man. By as they said, you're right. Kick him off. Cut his <laughs> mic. All right, I'm done. Well, hey, <laughs> no, shout, out, shout out, shout out to a kid that nobody knew who do a no hitter on a NFL Sunday, so nobody would even talk about him. <laughs> so, hey, but you know what, man? A no no in the in the bigs is, I mean, gotta give him his credit. I don't care if he is a Cub. All right, Randy, what did we miss? Um, to talk about, a lot has been made um, about, you know, ratings in the NBA and the NFL. And a little, I did a little research today because all that stuff kind of fascinates me. And while ratings are slightly down for the NFL over that weekend, you know, the early ratings, so we'll get it. But Bucks and Saints game of the week on Fox uh, was, it projects as the most watched telecast of any kind since last year's Super Bowl. Um, up 2% over last year's opening Sunday. Um, so, you know, shout out to the Bucks and Saints. I think everybody wanted to tune in to see Tom Brady. Um, that's the power of that. And while I was doing some research on that, um, I looked into jersey sales. Obviously, like six of the top ten are Tom Brady. And jersey sales are up 35% year over year. Uh, obviously, I'm not a jersey guy. Will never have, never, won't ever. But, you know, shout out to the NFL for finding a way to make it work through all this uncertainty. Hey, Randy. Yeah. Randy, RIP to the Golden Knights from Las Vegas. They are officially down. And I was riding the lightning, thank God. I might, I might have to step out and shed a tear. Pour, one out. Pour one out for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
So for me, last call, and it's more of a, a question to you guys because um, Memphis Tiger football was supposed to have a game on, on this Friday. It is now postponed, canceled. Looks like Houston is playing Baylor, but Memphis has positive COVID cases. There were talks that it was from a party bus, but then Ryan Silverfield said, no, get your facts straight. Please tell me or inform me what the fuck is going on. Randy, can you shed something on, on that? Oh, man. I, uh, I, I really can't. I, 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 it's not – the party bus did not happen. I'm taking Ryan Silverfield at his word. Yeah, I, I don't even know how many cases it is. Somebody said, you know, there were reports that it was only a few, and then there was reports that it was 20, and now it's over 20. But, like, everything that I read puts zero numbers to anything and puts zero facts. It's all speculation. And like, That's exactly I, why I wanted you to go to Randy, because all I'm reading is a million different stories, and I don't know what's true. Well – Hopefully, Jason and John tomorrow will, will, will shed some light on that for us. Well, Chris Vernon talked about it as well as Devin Walker. that They, they talked about it before it ever came out, that there was 20-plus cases is what they were told, and that's not being told. And when Houston, the Houston beat writer, picked up the story in the radio station, they didn't pull those numbers out of their ass. They got them from somewhere, uh, an inside source. So, I, I don't – I just hope everybody's safe. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it is, is that, you know, people probably can't talk about it. There's, there's a lot of like, when it comes to medical stuff and, and, and HIPAA and, and, you know, people and all that kind of stuff, like the last thing you want to do is start putting out false stuff and, and you don't want to put people out there. So I, 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 I get it. It's probably something that we may not truly know, but I, I just want them to play football. I think at the end of the day, I want them to be safe, be okay, but I just want them to play football. I don't care to watch this, the, the LSU Tigers play. I don't care to watch Oklahoma play. I don't care to watch any of those teams play, even though I will. Um, but you know, Did you hopefully. have to say LSU? or You could have said anybody. I could have, but you would have thought that he would have said Tennessee since he hates them so much. No, I, I'm shout just, out Rick Barnes. I'm just, oh, I, oh, oh. y'all know who? Fuck Kennedy Chandler. <laughs> fuck James Harden. Fuck that old dude from the other day's text message. Hey, <laughs> hey, I got, I got to fuck you. Fuck you, Gardner Minshew. Why are you Joe Montana against the Colts? Can I? I'm gonna read y'all some stats when you're done. So, so Leonard Fournette said he he finally gets to play with a quarterback, and Gardner Minshew just throws dimes all over the field. Bro, let me give you a little stat real quick. I'm going to let you finish. In his last two games against the Colts, 46 of 59, 470 yards, six touchdowns, and an INT. Jesus, Joe Montana done come back, and the motherfucker's playing with a mustache. Yeah, what happened? Did, did the Colts – put in the the blind school we got two quarterbacks on our roster both making 20 plus million and we're getting fucking drugged by Gardner Minshew I mean drug <laughs> Gardner Minshew with that mustache and all 
Man, hey, I mean, I'm I'm not even a Colts fan. I'm feeling the pain because I picked them. And I, I can't remember if it was 11 and 5 or 12 and 4, but losing to Jacksonville at the gate makes me feel like it's my Anaheim Angels pick. Hey, that that was a pretty – that didn't pan out to be such a hot pick. I'll, I'll say I, I agreed with that pick, but secretly I didn't want to agree with it. But anyhow – Guys, let's move to around the horn. Let's close this thing out. Uh, Randy, what's the one thing the audience needs to know before you go? I'm praying for a Jerry Falwell Jr. update, baby. <laughs> no updates on Jerry. Oh. I scoured the dark webs. Jerry is laying low. Thank God. Yeah, I don't know if he's watching his wife get banged by another dude or not. That's, you know, not for me to decide. But my around the horn is about the NFL and they have a huge, huge problem like most major sports. They've been king for so long. You got huge TV deals, but even said $3.2 billion. That's the loss that they're going to be looking at all the owners, right? So 40 to $60 million per team off the salary cap. Um, that's a huge implication. We keep seeing these guys signing for, you know, half a billion and I start looking down through those teams um, like the Vikings and the Saints, they got big problems because those are teams that already over the next come a couple years don't have a lot of cap room. And they're talking now 40 to $60 million less uh, in cap space. It's just I think we're going to see a shift. For, it could be for the next five to ten years when you're talking those kind of numbers. Jim, what's the one thing the audience needs to know before you go? All right, well, two episodes ago, we had a young man who was stellar by the name of Trey Washington on the episode, and it just so happens that we are blessed and have the luxury uh, across the nation to watch this young man play. ESPNU, this Friday night at 7.30, will be airing his number two Hewitt Trustville team go against number one Thompson 7-8 battle. Both teams 4-0. What makes this game great is I look back, um, and last year uh, his team was able to sneak out a victory 35-29. And so that team's going to be looking for for redemption. Uh, Thompson is, and so it's going to be on ESPNU. A good chance, as I read the article, for a lot of high school kids who are high caliber to be able to showcase to the country what they got. And so, uh, shout-out to Trey Washington. I hope he gets his shine on. I hope we get to see everything um, that he talked about. He, you know, he talked about how disciplined he was, how hard he works. And, man, I really hope we get to see him shine. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be interesting. Um, obviously, watching high school football, but even more so to check out a guy that, you know, we had a really good time, you know, talking to and getting to know. So, uh, I'll definitely be tuned in for that. And as for me, the one thing the audience needs to know before I go, and Randy, you'll like this, is that um, President Trump told TikTok they got to go. They said somebody needs to, to do something, but they have this time frame to get out. Uh, but Oracle seems to have taken over Microsoft in the bid to buy TikTok and I'll ask you, Randy, is Oracle an investment that I need to be making right now? Man, that's too scary for me. I, I think you should, and let me know how it goes. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll put down 
put down a little bit in the Oracle game and hey, we'll, we'll ride it out. I will say the ex-CEO of Oracle is now the CEO of CrossFit. So that uh, might be a little, little He's not little the racist one, is he? No, he took over for the oh, racist one. Oh, so. okay. Randy, sure. Randy, yes, I'm going to go off on a soapbox, but I got to ask because we're talking about stocks and stuff. I need you to explain to me. I don't, I don't want all the the negative stuff in regards to that certain show movie or whatever that's coming out. Um, but you know, people start talking about boycott Netflix, but yet their stock is rising. Explain. Oh, that's easy. Do you have, a, yeah. do you have Netflix? Bad, bad. And look, like the Kardashians proved this to us 20 years ago, bad publicity. Any publicity is good publicity. Uh, the fact that I, and I made a social media post as my personal post. So that's not the reflection of the, the show. I'm gonna put that out there. But the fact that that show is in the top 10 most viewed says a lot about our country. And I don't care if you're on the left, the right, the fact that we all here have daughters and that is what we're normalizing makes me fucking sick. Excuse yeah, my I, language, mom. No, you're, no, I, you're I, good I with even, that. And I, and like I said, I didn't want to get it, but I just, I saw their stock was rising and I thought I'm seeing people left and right on social media saying we're deleting Netflix. And then I'm like, okay, but their stock's it's actually out. down a little bit today. Um, I, I saw earlier, it's actually, it, but it's still ridiculous. $485 a share. I mean, their share is worth more than Tesla right now, but they're actually down just, they're down like a percent and a half today. But yeah, it, I it, it's, it's one of those things like the, the subscription based market people like they just, they're, they set up the subscription and they just auto pay it and they just forget about it. And you know, it all it takes is one show to draw people in. Like, if there was a good show out there on Netflix, there are people out there that are like, "I'll pay, I'll pay the monthly fee and I'll binge watch that show," and then they get hooked on another show. So then, the next month, it just rolls right on. Well, especially like we've all been talking about in our group chat for weeks. Well, me and Jim was Cobra Kai. I mean, even though it started on YouTube Red, when it hit mainstream it was netflix and netflix is like it's a it's an adjective now right netflix and chill what y'all gonna do tonight you don't say i'm gonna go watch movies you say oh we've, i'm gonna go watch netflix even if you don't even turn on netflix i mean it's it's become like db said it's a set it and forget it yep and it just takes one one show or one series to get you drawn in and guys oh Man, what a good what a good episode, man. We had a, a good guest tonight. I want to thank Cameron Crump for joining us. Hopefully we get him back soon talking SEC championships. But if you like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. Check out the website. Jim's done an awesome job putting it together. It looks awesome, man. So shout out to Jim for that. And we'll see everyone next week for episode 25, where we're going to break down all things UFC and MMA with our man and UFC MMA fighting resident expert, Rod Galvin. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.